0: Warning, listener discretion advised. A slut with morals is explicit in every way. The following episode contains persuasive language. If these things do not trigger you, then please enjoy the show. Three, two, one. If you're addicted to falling in love and usually break up with your person after the honeymoon phase is over, then this episode is probably for you. Hey y'all, welcome to episode 57 of A Slut with Morals. I'm your Kirby host, Ruby May. If you're new here, welcome to this podcast of Chaos, where we embrace the weird. I find new and different topics every week, so you're not listening to me repeat the same fucking thing every other podcast is talking about. I talk about a little bit of everything a little love, a bit of dating, a lot of sex, some relationship advice, true crime, dark history and I even add in a little mental health. If you're new here, you can follow me on any social media platform by typing in A Slut With Morals on that platform search engine, or simply click on the link tree in the description below. A few months ago, a friend of mine asked me to cover a very interesting topic. I had totally forgotten about it until I was going over our messages and I came across it again. He wanted me to go over, quote-unquote addiction to falling in love. And, you know, once the honeymoon phase is over, you kind of, well, it's a, another one bites the dust type of deal. If this sounds like you or someone, you know, stick around because we're going to get a little deep. Okay, my little heathens. Oh yeah. We're going to be talking about one, being addicted to falling in love. Two, The difference between the relationship chemistry and consistency in a relationship. And three, is your neediness justified? So the other day on Instagram, I had an ask me anything day. This is a day you get to ask me all the questions and I reply honestly to everything. And one question I was asked was, what's one feeling from the past you'd like to experience again like it was the first time? My answer, falling in love slowly, totally and completely with no regrets, no matter how it ends. That kind of love, the kind of love that could absolutely wreck you when it's over. But you're just grateful that you got to meet that person and that you were able to have them in your life. One time in eighth grade, when I was like 13, I read a quote One day, that said, Love is giving someone your whole heart, but trusting them enough not to break it. I lived by that. But as an adult, obviously things change, right? So now we're a little bit weary, correct? Going into a relationship, you're kind of always waiting on the other shoe to drop. It's a habit. Some of us are jaded, but if you're like me, you go into every relationship as if you've never been hurt before. Because, well, they weren't the one that hurt you. They don't deserve to be punished for something they didn't do. Along the way with each relationship, you not only learn how others can treat you, but you learn a lot about yourself. And with today's hookup culture and trash ass, date, trash ass dating apps, it's so easy to just go get validation from whatever and whomever you want. And it's kind of why I gave up, which is funny because like, I love love. Like I really do. There's no high better than falling in love. And baby, when I'm in love, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about who I'm in love with. That person is put on a pedestal. I even have a joke that I say to Josie, who you guys know is my best friend. Where I'm like, okay, me and this guy have known each other for like 20 minutes. So you can say it's getting pretty fucking serious, but I just, I honestly like, I love the adrenaline rush. I get the night before seeing them and I get butterflies in my tummy thinking about them and I can't stop talking about them. And when we kiss, my heart does happy dance inside my chest. And it feels like it's going to fall out of my butt and through the floor. I'm not going to even lie a little bit. I'm not going to lie at all. I get obsessed with my dude. Like, obsessed with the person I'm falling in love with. Like, you can sit there and argue with me about how Stephen Hawking was the smartest man alive, but I would be like, no. My man is the smartest. He's the coolest. He's the funniest, the cutest, the most handsome. He's the most sexiest man alive. Like, if Brad Pitt was hitting on me or Timothy Chalamet... I would look at my man and blush internally than outwardly because he's the most amazing creature I've ever laid my eyes on. Nobody compares, but there is a difference between when I fell in love with my ex-husband at 14 years old. And when I fall in love now at almost 29 years old, back then, if my ex-husband and I didn't get to see each other, because he had a work or I had a game or whatever, I would literally go into like a deep, deep depression. I would cry my eyes out, just utterly hopelessly depressed. But I was a kid and like, I know the difference now. You know what I mean? I know the difference in between like that type of neediness and how an adult relationship is now. When I was a child, it was an all consuming love, right? Because this was my first love. And all I wanted was more of him. I couldn't get enough, you know? Whereas now, while I want to always be with the person I'm with, I also understand that I have to respect boundaries, right? And space is good. So for the first part of this episode, I have a question Do you have an addiction to the person you're falling in love with? Or do you have an addiction to falling in love? Let's figure it out. So I found a few articles that may help us a little bit. Okay. So while it may sound like the stuff of love songs, love addiction is real and very possible. Of course, wanting and craving love isn't a problem in and of itself, right? And just because you're madly in love with somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a love addiction, but... I mean, it's just like a drug. Love can be very addictive because in its own way, it is a drug. And I promise you, I have the science here, you guys. Okay? I have the science. What causes a love addiction? Well, Talkspace.com talked to therapist Dr. Rachel O'Neill, and she explained that a love addiction can develop when a person develops a pathological need to replicate the feeling of falling in love and being in love. So when we're in love, we experience feelings of euphoria and elation. And some individuals can find themselves caught up in a cycle of needing to re-experience these. It's like re-watching your favorite episode or your favorite movie. Except each time you watch it, you have no idea how it will end. So it makes it really exciting. And then she continued, just like some individuals find themselves addicted to that runner's high, individuals with a love addiction can find themselves addicted to the excitement and euphoria associated with new relationships. And over time, these feelings may take on an addictive like process. Oh, yeah. Say goodbye to the Colombian bam bam and say hello to the hi. Can we wham wham? Except, just like any drug, there are dangers of chasing a love high. As you can imagine, trying to seek out the feelings of this euphoria that you experience when you're falling in love over and over again, as if you're getting your fix, isn't necessarily practical. This can pose a real problem if you or your partner want to settle down and be in a serious committed relationship. As a relationship progresses and the honeymoon phase ends, it's likely that those initial feelings of excitement and euphoria will fade. A love addiction may seek out a new way to access those feelings and get their fix of those romantic chemicals, which may require them to seek out love with someone new. So we're going to talk about the honeymoon phase and and circle back to, to this, okay? Chemistry is important in any relationship especially at the very beginning. And do you know why? It's because it's the thing that attracts you to that person. But that is not enough for compatibility. That's why when I get asked, what's my preference? I kind of always laugh because I'm like, I have a compatibility preference, right? Like, can we mosh together? Or will you hold my hand while I'm ovaries deep in the mosh pit? If I show you a new band, can you vibe with me? If I decide to info dump everything I just learned for an episode on you, can you sit there and let me? Will you give me other perspectives? If I scream seeing the taste of ink by the used, will you scream seeing with me in the car? Anyway, people who have experienced amazing, unbelievable chemistry like myself can be the first to tell you that chemistry does not equal consistency and it definitely doesn't equal a long lasting and healthy relationship. The key is balance. Chemistry comes naturally and easily, and that's part of what's so great about it. Consistency, on the other hand, takes work and dedication to a partner. Now, you might be aware of this phrase often referred to as the honeymoon phase, but during this time, fights are often minimal, right? Or perhaps they're even non-existent. Perhaps you guys never even fucking fight. And it seems like your partner can do no wrong. They're fucking perfect. They, you put them on a pedestal. They, you know, make, they make the moon and the stars rise. And somehow it just feels like you were meant to be. And, you know, the stars all aligned for the planets all aligned for you. And you're just like, nom, 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 nom. give me so much love. Nom, 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 nom. I fucking love it. Right. Cause you're addicted. But chemistry here is peaking. The butterflies are flying and a lot of sex is probably being had. Or at least I hope so. Because fuck yeah. But once the honeymoon phase is over, consistency is key. Any couple can probably make it through their honeymoon phase. It's what comes next that's harder and determines whether a relationship will last. Couples will inevitably face hardship and have to make tough decisions and run into conflict. And what's going to get a couple through that? I literally just said the answer, you guys. Consistency. Chemistry is necessary and good because it creates the desire and is part of the relationship game. However, consistency has to take over for that relationship to succeed. Feeling pure lust is a great feeling, and the honeymoon phase is super fun. But we also got to acknowledge that chemistry alone isn't going to establish an extra solid foundation for a relationship. Certain relationship aspects, such as trust, don't really bloom out of chemistry. They're aspects that must be worked on consistently throughout the relationship, right? Trust is earned. Consistency is a combination of behaviors that include dependability, trust, and a true desire to have a companion and form a serious relationship. So people who are more consistent with their interactions with one another, such as having predictable behaviors and good communication, have longer and more successful relationships. Okay. So let's go back to that love high because, oh baby, do I got to tell you something? there is a science behind love addiction. I know. Incredible. There's actually, once again, motherfucking science to back up the shit I'm saying, because at this point you really should just trust me because I'm kind of smart. Anyway, back to the science behind this shit. If I get mush mouth, you have to forgive me because if you're a usual listener, y'all know I get excited. If you're a new listener, hi, I have Asperger, so I tend to get super excited while talking. So just bear with me because this is literally so cool. Like, just fucking listen to this. I'm getting excited. Not only is there behavioral evidence that love can be addictive, but thanks to recent studies, there's actual neurochemical and neuroimaging evidence to support the theory. Multiple, multiple, not just dopamine. But multiple feel-good chemicals are released when we are in love. These chemicals include, yes, dopamine, but serotonin and oxytocin. Additionally, this is going to be a really hard word, but norepinephrine is a chemical that can be released by the brain when you're super attracted to someone. And we can thank that chemical for the giddy feeling we get when we're just falling in love. Not only are there tons of feel-good chemicals released when you're in love, but there are also visible changes to the brain that can be seen on MRIs. I know, fucking science. I love it. In one study, subjects who were in love with someone were shown a photo of their loved one. On the brain scan, different parts of the brain lit up like a fucking Christmas tree, okay, including the caudate nucleus and... which is part of the brain's reward system. And the reward system allows us to feel pleasure, which is essentially a reward and keeps us wanting more, to be rewarded with pleasure over and over again. The more in love somebody is, the more active the caudate nucleus becomes in the scan. So who's at risk of love addiction? While anyone is susceptible to love addiction, some people are more vulnerable to it. Dr. O'Neill states, individuals who struggle to self-regulate their emotions can be more prone to developing addictive tendencies towards love compared to those who have a a greater ability to cope. So if you feel like you don't have good control over over your emotions, there's that mush mouth, you might be at risk of love addiction Dr. O'Neill adds, in general, if a person looks to another person in order to take away an unpleasant mood or to bring about a pleasant mood, then it is more likely that they are going to develop some of those tendencies associated with love addiction. So, this is risky because a partner with a love addiction can become extremely dependent on their partner for happiness and, in some cases, even to function normally. And this goes beyond being needy. It's more about genuinely feeling like you need this person to survive. And behavior like this is common in people with depression who may rely on their partner to improve their mood or provide happiness for them. It can also be a sign of severe codepend- codependency. This is when I'm going to talk about your neediness being justified or not, okay? Okay. And so we're going to take a break from the science. And I'm going to talk to you like a regular fucking person. When a relationship is just starting out and you're in the honeymoon phase, everything seems perfect, right? We already talked about that. You're so swept up in each other that you can't help but shower your partner with love and attention and affection and showing them all five love languages as often as you can, right? It almost feels like love bombing. Because... Once the honeymoon phase is over and life seems more back to normal, you'll likely notice some changes in the relationship, right? Including the amount of attention you get. And that's why and that's where that consistency we talked about comes into play. A lack of attention doesn't always need to be a red flag, even though you might interpret it that way, like me thinking whoever whoever I'm dating doesn't like me anymore if he's not texting me first or he's not texting me back as fast, etc. The fact of the matter is, is that life gets in the way. Work, friends, family, kids, hobbies, you name it. All of it can take time and energy away from a relationship. It's up to you and your partner to prioritize various aspects of life and carve out Time for each other. That being said, it's important to voice your concerns and share your emotions. A relationship is nothing without communication, y'all. If you feel like you aren't getting enough attention and it's hurting your feelings or making you doubt the relationship, tell your partner. They're not a mind reader. And trust me, I know how awkward it feels to bring up something like this, like you might you're sounding needy or being perceived as clingy. And unfortunately, your partner's not a mind reader. So if you feel like you're not getting the attention you deserve, you need to speak up. Your partner truly might have no idea that something's wrong unless you bring it up. Did y'all hear that? Because experts are saying what I've told y'all all four fucking seasons of this podcast. Your partner is not a mind reader. Tell them what the fuck is up and why your panties or your mantis are in a wad. The silent treatment does absolutely nothing except create even more feelings of doubt. And worst of all, it can cause resentment. So when it comes down to it, everyone's different. Some people require a lot of attention and some people require lots of being left alone. You feel me? If your partner is someone who doesn't really need a lot of attention, they might just assume that others, including you, are the same way. You might also want to take a step back and look at the situation rationally. Is the amount of attention you're asking for reasonable? Be willing to compromise and also know your worth and where you need to draw the line. Be honest about your needs with yourself and your partner. If you're not seeing any difference in their behavior from after communicating about feeling unwanted, remember I said after communicating about feeling unwanted and the lack of attention you're getting, you might want to assess whether you're in the right relationship, especially if you've brought it up multiple times. Ultimately, you need someone who can meet your needs. If you're constantly feeling unwanted or like you have to beg for attention, will you be happy with this person in the long run? be honest with yourself. Probably not. If your partner doesn't put in effort or just accuses you of being needy without addressing your feelings, this is a red flag. Your partner should want to make you feel happy, but this is not one-sided y'all. A relationship is not easy peasy lemon squeezy. It takes two. And if only one partner is putting in all the work, Guess which partner is exhausted. Do you get it? Are you understanding me? Okay, perfect. Let me hurry up and wrap this up because I know y'all got shit to do. So what happens when codependency is too much? Like an unhealthy amount. Well, in the most extreme cases of love addiction, an individual can go to great lengths to maintain an intense emotional connection with another person. A small percentage of people could even develop stalking behaviors and they may be prone to extreme periods of depression, anxiety, irritability, or they may be at risk of harming themselves or someone else. Again, these are the most extreme cases and not everyone who has an addictive-like tendency will develop these types of behaviors. But if this sounds like you at all or someone you know, there is help for love addiction. So if you think you might be addicted to love, it's time to assess the problem and figure out a way to experience to experience love and relationships in a healthy way. It's most important to first begin by having insight into the ways in which lo- this love addiction exists. Are you able to self-regulate your own emotions? Or do you find yourself seeking comfort and supportive reassurance from your partner at all times? If a person struggles with coping in their own and they seem intent on constantly being connected to another person, it could be a good invitation to talk to a mental health professional. Therapy is a great option for discussing love addiction and trying to go deeper, to dig deeper, to better understand the addiction as well as learn more healthy and safe ways to express love, because everyone deserves to experience healthy love and a healthy relationship. Regardless of whether you think you may be addicted to love or not, always remember to check in with yourself and your emotions when you're in love, and monitor for unhealthy patterns. Oh, and also, don't forget to just fall in love with yourself. Like, I know that's super cliche to say, but it's the truth. You have to love yourself and be good to yourself. All right, you guys, that's it for me today. I love you all. Thank you so much for letting me be the voice in your ear today. And come back next week. I'll find a new topic for you and can't wait to discuss it later on. Please don't forget to rate or review the podcast. Um, It just makes it so much easier for new listeners to find me and a possibility for sponsorships. Again, you can find me on any social media platform by searching A Slot With Morals in that platform search engine. I'm your host, Ruby May. And remember, every day is a good day to be better than who you were yesterday. Okay? Thanks. Bye.